This is Jerry G. Martin. We are bringing you a powerful, impactful sermon series that we did on Father's Day. And I want you to listen in and come back every day. It's another element to this week's broadcast. We started off with my son and I standing in the pulpit talking about the father and the son relationship and responsibility to train and to receive wisdom. And then I took a moment to speak the father's blessing in the lives of my children. And I want to encourage every father that's listening to me to do the same. And then we spoke into the lives of those in our congregation who did not have a father in the home. We blessed them as well. And then we prayed for every man. Join us and listen in as we walk in the light of God's word. Speaking of good work, we want to talk about some good work today. If we are at all concerned about this generation, this generation of young men and of young women, we ought to take some time to see how we can influence things for the better. And if we're not careful, we'll think that we can't do anything and we're just going to let things stay as they are. But as long as we are alive and well, we can do something. We are told in the book of Proverbs to train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from the training that he received. I remember many years ago, and it was an old preacher that came to our church, and he says, there's a difference between training children and raising children. He says, as a matter of fact, you raise chickens and hogs and cattle, but you train children. Training is an intentional exercise. You can learn by accident, but I call that experience. Training is deliberate and on purpose. You don't train by accident. Solomon in this text that we're looking at in Proverbs chapter 4 places the responsibility for training the children, especially the male children, on the father. He places the responsibility for training on the father. The father's role is more than going out to be the breadwinner and leaving all of the instructions and training to the mother, the father is to be the lead instructor and trainer. Let's look at this passage in Proverbs 4, verse 1. This is Solomon who's writing this, and we recognize Solomon as the man of wisdom. He's saying this, Listen, my sons, to a father's instructions. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender, and an only child of my mother, he taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, verse 5 says, and get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. 
Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Esteem her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. Verse 10 says, Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instructions. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. You know, uh, the proverb says something else. It says, without a vision, the people perish. Without a vision, the people cast off restraint. For every father and parent, the question is, what is the vision that you have for your family and your children and their future? Have you even thought about it? You can thought about, well, we... Of course we think, well, I want them to have a good life. I want them to do well. I want them to be successful. Okay, well, then how is that going to happen? You got to do more than just want it. You have to strategize. You have to have a strategic plan that that may occur or else you may not know what you're going to end up with. Without any instructions, the child is going to go in directions that you think is, that may not be to your best benefit with no instructions. Someone said, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. If you haven't set the path or a course for your children, then they're going to take a course. Notice he said, train up a child in the way that he should go. There is a way he should go, but he's going to go some way whether you train them or not. There are too many parents who have not invested in their children the training and the instructions that's going to keep them on a path. We're so wanting to nourish them and to want them to love us so much that we want to do everything we can for them but instruct them in a the right path. And we'll wonder later on, how did they get to making those decisions? Well, who told them how to make good decisions? And when did you do that? Did you actually sit down and say, let's talk about this. You want to think about this. Here's a decision. Here's wisdom. Here's not wisdom. And have you done any of that? Or have you just said, just let him go. They'll find their own way. I want you to look at this passage again. The father's exhortation begins with the command in verse 1. Listen, my sons. Listen and pay attention. Now, you have to command them to listen and pay attention because they're not going to listen and pay attention. Sometimes you have to turn off everything that's going to be a distraction. We're not having any television this week. They'll cry and scream for a little while, but they'll get over it. We're going to talk. We're going to listen. I'm going to read to you. I'm going to give you some instructions. I'm going to give the Word of God to you. The Word of God ought to come from the parent to the children. Did you spend time in the Word of God with your children? I'm reading the Word. I don't want to hear that when you ain't going to hear nothing else. Because that's what's on right now. Listen. 
Pay attention to these instructions. And you know, there's a point in the child's life when there are toddlers and infants and what have you where the parents is the best thing going. And they just love the parents and all that. So you better jump in while you're the best thing going. Well, you can say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to read. I'm going to get this Bible study. There's a time when they just can't wait to see you. They're just hugging you. They're just jumping all on you. But there's going to be a time when they're going to start pushing you away. And by the time they start trying to separate from you, you should have them loaded up already. You're already loaded. I already programmed you. The problem is everything else is inputting information into their heads about how they ought to act and how they ought to be. When they're sitting down there watching those reality shows, they're teaching them, this is how you can act. This is how you can respond. This is how you need to project yourself. And they're teaching them that. So what are we teaching them? In fact, uh, I was just thinking the other day while I was watching some of that, I'm saying, you know, people are not even watch this. These are people that don't have no understanding. You know what I told uh, my daughter? I said, they just need to bring back Amos and Andy. I'd rather watch that. In verse 1, I want you to listen and pay attention. And in verse 2, he says, I give you, I'm going to give you some sound learning. Now, if you want your children to prosper, you begin with sound learning. And I talked a little bit about my father the other day where I said we didn't want to be in the room with him because most of the time he was given instructions. He didn't have a very good education from the educational system because he just said, I went to the seventh grade. I'm going to give you some sound learning. Son, you need to work. If a man don't work, he'll steal. And if he'll steal, he'll kill. So I'm going to give you some sound learning. You need to work. You need to be productive. I'm going to give you some sound learning. Here's other sound learning. If you work, you should have something. Don't work and be broke. Don't spend every dollar that comes into your hand. Save you some money. Those were sound instructions. I think I got that one really good. And not only me, but the rest of my siblings got that message. Don't you wish when you had eight children, they all left home, nobody came home begging again? And asking for help, and now you know I'm trying to make it and all that. Everybody, not only are they productive, they can help back if they're needed to be. When we left, we left for good. We didn't have to call back and say, I'm trying to make it. Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Can you help me with this? Why? He put something in us that caused us to be productive while we were young. I'm not giving you everything. You got to earn something. Get that lawnmower or cut the neighbor's yard if you want to make some money. I ain't giving you no money. Go out and earn you some money. That's what a man does. Now, we were about 12 years old. Get up and work. That's what you got to do. You got to provide for a family. Learn how to work. And here he is. You got some kid laying up in the house 23 years old watching TV, wanting you to cook him something. He ain't got a nickel and a nail. And you are still doing that. No, that don't go. You got to have some sound learning. Now, the, the problem is with our generation, we got a generation of men who haven't had any sound learning themselves because a lot of them didn't have a father in the home. They're still trying to find their own way. So if you don't have a good understanding, how do you expect to pass on sound and valuable teaching? And if the father is going to have sound and valuable teaching, where did he get it from most likely? Most likely, he would get it from the person 
who are most interested in his success. Here's the thing. There's nobody that's more interested in the success and welfare of my children than me and their mother. The world is not that interested in their success. Their friends are not that interested. They may say it, you know, whatever. We are most vested in your success than anybody. So what I want you to do is to be successful and a contributor in the community and in society. And we're going to invest in you so you can do that. We're not here just to have some cheering. We just got some cheering and next thing you know, they work in me. The children's supposed to be a blessing to the parents when they get old. They ain't supposed to be wearing you out and draining all your resources when you get old. They supposed to be blessing you. You're going to reap what you sow. And if you haven't sold anything into them, you can't reap anything. It's going to be a one-way street. Now you're old and you're trying to make it. You're just depending on Social Security and they want that. That means that you did not put some sound learning in them and did not train them on how to be productive and how to take care of their business so that they can give up what. Here's what Solomon said, verse 3. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender, and an only child of my mother, he, my father, taught me. He said, my father, he's talking about David. David taught me, and guess what? I'm getting ready to teach you. Listen and pay attention. My father taught me. What did my father teach me? Lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commandments and you will live. I want you to live good. I want you to prosper. You do what I tell you, you're going to prosper. He said, my father told me that. Solomon gave a picture of three generations involved in giving instructions for living. My father taught me and I'm teaching you. This is critical. This is important. I have to sit down with my son as he's growing up and point out things. Hey, son, this is the way that goes. Think about it this way. I remember telling him when he, he wanted some of those nice, high-priced Nike tennis shoes that people standing in line to go get. And I say, son, that's not a problem with you liking Nike. But why don't you buy Nike stock instead of their tennis shoes? Oh, that makes sense. If you're going to spend money, invest in it. After a few years, you ain't going to have no tennis shoes i got to teach you how to think through things and say, that don't make no sense standing in line. You ain't got no money to begin with. Single mothers want to take those kids that are already struggling and take them down there and get them some $200 tennis shoes. Now, what sense does that make? What are you teaching them? So somebody need to come with some sound learning. Here's what Deuteronomy 6.1 says about teaching and learning. These are the commands, decrees, and the laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you so that you may enjoy a long life. He's saying, I got the commands of God, and we're going to teach it to you. We're going to teach it to your children, and you need to teach it to your children's children. Somebody need to keep on teaching and passing it on. If you don't have no money to pass on, you should pass on some wisdom and some understanding. The things that's going to happen is that our kids are going to grow up. They're going to be in a position when they get to be teenagers that one decision can ruin their life. One decision, one bad choice. I told Jared one time, I said, don't you ever come home in trouble 
to, and tell me somebody talked you into it, that you was hanging with the wrong one. If you're in trouble, you come home and tell me you thought of it and you designed it and you was the ringleader. But don't be a fool in following somebody else. I can go with the fact that you thought of it yourself and you strategized and you planned and you thought it out. It just didn't work like you thought. But don't be following no fool and tell me you got in trouble. You will get a beat down. I was just with them and they decided, no, no, no. Tell them, let me out. Stop the car. Let me out. I'm not going. You got to teach them how to make decisions. So I'm talking to them young. You got to make decisions. Don't let nobody else talk you into that. I say, Jared, sit on the front row when you go to school. Don't hang with pooking them if they ain't making good grades. You need to make good grades because the better grades you make, the more money you're going to make. You like money, don't you? Yes, I say, you make good grades. Sit up there with Poindexter with the glasses on. Be his friend. You need to be reaching up for somebody that's smart. Compete with the smartest, the one at the top of the list. Don't compete at the bottom of the barrel. I would talk to my kids. No, don't do that. Don't make mistakes. And folks used to say, well, when they get to be teenagers, it's going to be different. No, it wasn't different. They've been good kids all the way through. And we thank God for that. But it didn't come by accident. It became because their mother and I spent time instructing them all along the way. So I could tell them, I said, no, I know you're going to want to go out and do things. Let me just put it to you this way. The more obedient you are and responsible you are, the more freedom we're going to give you. And if you're not responsible and can't make good decisions, we're not going to give you any freedom. And it starts with the first decision. You don't get three or four chances. I don't care if you don't have no car. I don't care if you don't have no phone. In fact, parents, let me tell you something today. You ought not even give your kids a phone with what they're doing with these phones nowadays. If you get one, get one, don't have a camera and can't text. And I'm serious about that. I don't know why a parent would give a kid one of these phones and they, they're taking pictures of themselves and sending them and all kinds of stuff like that and you act like, I ain't no, oh Lord, I ain't no my daughter would do, oh no, Lord. That's going to be out there forever. So don't even give them that. Uh, the phone is made for talking. If you want a picture, give them a Polaroid camera. <laughs> Listen, parents, what all I'm saying is somebody got to sit down and give some instructions. You just can't let things go and then expect things to come out well. That's like getting in the kitchen and throwing anything in a big old bowl and hoping it's a nice German chocolate cake when it come out. <laughs> well, I didn't know it was going to come out like that. Well, you didn't put the right ingredients in it. And Solomon gets into specific objectives for instructions and learning, beginning at verse 5 through 9. Here's what he says. Get you some wisdom. Get some wisdom. That's the application of the knowledge you have. Don't just get you some knowledge, but get you some wisdom, he says. And look at what he says wisdom will do. She will protect you. He personified wisdom. Wisdom will protect you. She will watch over you. She will protect you. Pastor Jackie, a couple of weeks ago, was talking about Jared leaving home and a lot of decisions he had to make. And we just looked, use it for a life experience. I'm saying, okay, son, you see how that came out? Let's talk about that decision that rolled into that. The next time you'll know, it's a learning experience. You was a little bit sheltered from some of that stuff. But you have to think through that. So you just think through that. Don't let anybody pick out the apartment you're going to live in and you haven't seen it. If you're going to live in it, you go check it out. 
And then it says, not only get wisdom, and I'm wondering why he's saying it this way. Okay, I got wisdom. But he said, you know what? Don't stop at wisdom. Get some understanding. And then it says, pay the cost for the understanding. If you have to spend all, if it costs you everything, get some understanding. A lot of people are in bad shape because they don't have no understanding. They just assume, I thought it was going to be like this. Well, they should know that that's what I was wanting. Let's be sure we know exactly what we're talking about. Let's go over that one more time. Let's get an understanding. Understanding will exalt you and she will honor you. She will present you with a crown of splendor. And then he says, remember my words. Father, especially those of you who still have children in the home, it is our job to prepare them for life. We're preparing them for life. And you got to give them some lessons they might not want to hear. The same thing happened to you as you got closer to 18 years old. You knew more than your parents. Now that you're getting older, you find out how smart your parents were. You know, you know everything by the time you're 18. Can nobody tell you nothing? They told you not to do that. You went and did it anyway. And you wonder how they know. You look at your parents like they had never been through nothing. It's not our first rodeo. Wasn't even my second rodeo. See, now that we saved, they can't tell we did that. Because we're looking holy now. But we still know. You know what that smell is when you come in the room. What is that? I've been burning in here. Somebody shaking their head. Yeah, I know what that smell is. <laughs> Don't tell me that's no incense. Verse 10 through 13 is a summary of this passage. It says, Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. Is that what you want for your sons and daughters? Not to just to be a lot of years, but I want them to be good years. I didn't appreciate all the lectures I got from my father. I didn't appreciate him when I was being lectured. And he did that. I mean, you had to stand there for 30 minutes and just hear a lecture over and over and over. But when I left home, I realized that I was in some situations. I did some things that my parents and the Lord wouldn't approve of. There were some lines I wouldn't cross because I had those instructions. There were some things I would not do. Because I had those instructions. So somebody's got to draw the boundary lines. And the parents draw the boundary lines. The father draw the boundary lines. You're the man. Listen, my son, accept what I say. And the years of your life will be many. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instructions. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope that you've enjoyed this broadcast. We encourage fathers to speak into the lives of their children and build up their children. Now, I know that there are a lot of families out here where there's no father in the home. You are also hearing a special occasion where I prayed for and spoke into the lives of the three children that God has blessed us with, Jasmine, Jessica, and Jared, and I spoke what I believe God wants to fulfill in their lives. Fathers, take some time, speak into their lives, and let them receive the Father's blessing that's been so significant in scriptures to guiding the lives of your children. 
there was a special time of prayer for those who did not have fathers in the home. If you didn't have a father, it affected you. And the church stood in and spoke the blessing into the lives of all of those who did not have the father in their lives to speak for them. If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message as well as previous messages that you've heard on this station. If you're looking for a Bible bookstore in the city, we have one right here on our campus, the Beacon Bookstore, where you can get books, Bibles, church supplies, communion supplies, or whatever you need. Call us at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road. Come and join us and exercise the faith that God has already given you so that you can learn how to move forward and go to the place that God has in store for you. This is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God bless you and we'll be with you again next time.